It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, welcome in Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Uh, Mike Evans, Mark Schlereth, the Huff, producing the show. like to thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat, sweetsweat.com for more information. And I, I got to tell you, um, again, worked out yesterday, had my Sweet Sweat belt on, uh, losing weight. Uh, I, I got pre and post workout from Sweet Sweat, all kinds of different vitamins and collagen and things I'm taking. They do an unbelievable job supporting you both inside and out, all their products. Again, check them out at SweetSweat.com. You know what I like to do? I like to wear my Sweet Sweat belt uh -huh. when I'm mowing the lawn. Do you really know? And uh, it works. It mm -hmm. helps. I get that. When I get done, I got that little bit of like droplets of sweat really? on my belly. Yeah, that made me almost vomit <laughs> thinking about your, your shirtless with the belt on or do you have a shirt on? I have a shirt on do you over ever the mow belt. Shirt, do you ever mow shirtless? No, no I haven't done you, that since I was like 21. Oh, but you went out back then. Made oh, a little back oil, then. A little oil. Oh, yeah, on. tanning oil. Yeah, a little yeah. tanning oil. And yeah. just like, I'm going to go mow Hawaiian now. Tropic tanning oil. And just completely just like like at the end of your mowing session you just went in and passed out on the couch <laughs> so because you stayed flexed the whole time <laughs> that's right i don't know if you ladies noticed but my arms are looking taut <laughs> you know i had this giant stitch on my rib cage because i'd be clenching my stomach yeah. the whole time yeah oh, you're like cramping stitch. up stitch. water mom stitch. water my abs are cramping up <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know me so well. I could just see it. I could just see it. <laughs> All right, well, we, we gotta, we gotta get, we gotta get the fun part out. We gotta laugh a little bit before yeah. we get serious. Time to get serious. All right, time to get serious. Time to change the uh, tenor. Time of to the change program. the tone right. of this uh, this podcast. All right, hey, we we saw what happened uh, starting in basketball, but it uh, filtered down to other sports. The the athletes, the teams, the boycotts. In the case of the NFL, the the players uh, boycotting some practices. What what was your overall reaction to what went down this week? Um, now, where did we go from here with yeah, it? Yeah, I you know very it's very interesting. Um, my overall reaction is that I really I was like, I guess you have some mixed emotions, but I was generally proud from the standpoint of guys standing up for what's right and the fact that there is this fraternity of professional athletes that said regardless of race, regardless of religion, regardless of walk of life, that we're going to stand together. And, you know, some a little bit late to the party or whatever – that doesn't bother me is that eventually everybody basically said, you know what? We're with you guys. NBA Milwaukee Bucks started and the whole NBA followed suit. And, you know, you saw the NHL follow suit and many of the football teams, maybe the, maybe it was the Detroit lions who actually boycotted practice before the Milwaukee Bucks canceled their game, but whatever, whatever the, you know, whatever the, the, uh, whatever the, the hierarchy of that was, you know, however that happened, I, it, it doesn't matter is that everybody basically shut down for a while 
And, you know, I think the interesting thing, and I heard Chris Weber, and I'll, I'll paraphrase this because he was very eloquent, but um, I won't be as eloquent, but he talked about mobilizing, right? Understood being together. So we need to mobilize. We need to plan. And then we need to execute that plan. And so I thought it was, I thought it was good that it happened that people talked, educated themselves, you know, had those raw emotions and feelings that they could kind of, you know, kind of talk about and, and let marinate. And then, you know, they're going to go back to playing again, but I just thought it was, I I thought it was, it was good that all professional athletes have each other's backs right now. And, and I think that's a, I think it's a great thing, man. It's a great kind of catalyst for change. And, and the bottom line is this, Mike, is that, you know, I think Doc Rivers summed it up perfectly when he said, we need, we still need to go back to work, right? Do our that's job. where we're going to have the most impact. Let's do our job. And I agree in that, I agree with that thought process from Doc Rivers, who I have a ton of respect for as, you know, a basketball coach, as a former basketball player, but most importantly, as a human. You, you know, I, I've said this before, I've said it on our show, and I'll say it again. The problem with our country is we've got a, we've got a heart problem. We literally have a heart problem. My dad used to say to me all the time when I was a kid, you know, so many Americans know their rights. Very few know their responsibilities. And we have a responsibility to one another to, to love each other, to care about one another, to care about equality, to care about fairness. And, you know, and to take the political nature of, of those aspects and eliminate it. It shouldn't be a Republican thing or a Democratic thing. That should be a human thing, <laughs> right? And, you know, and, and I've said this before, you know, I, I, like we are so out of whack, Mike. Like I, I've told you this and, and I'll tell it to you right now. You get one plastic straw up a sea turtle's nose and you can't get a fucking plastic straw in California. You got to drink. I hate paper straws. I hate them. You can't get a plastic straw. Meanwhile, 300 kids get shot every year going to school and we won't take away assault weapons? That's our right? You know, it's our right in the Second Amendment from 1792? I, like, how are we so fucked up? Excuse my French. How can we not see what's right? Now, hey, listen, man, I've got plenty of friends that hunt and that fish and that do all that. God bless you. Good for you guys. I've never owned a gun. I won't have a gun in my house, ever. I don't believe in it, right? I, I just don't. That's just me. Um, but how do we not, how, how can we not look at what happened? Like, many people will point to, um, well, you know, Jacob, was it Jacob Blake? Excuse me. Jacob Blake had, you know, criminal history or whatever, or he was, he walked away from the police or whatever. Really? Like, does that justify being shot eight times in the back? It, it just, 
It just doesn't. I, I just how how do we not how how do we make excuses? How do we not how do we not figure this out? Like to protect and serve, Mike. That that was that that to protect and serve the mantra of of our police force. Wasn't that mantra created to protect and serve our communities, not to protect and serve one another? And I know there are plenty of wonderful, wonderful people that serve our communities exceptionally well. But, you know, this is a call to action for reform. And frankly, I mean, unless you're blind or unless you choose to turn a blind eye to it, like, how can you not see that we need it? I just wonder why there just is not seemingly any room for finding common ground, logic, compromise. Everything's done on the edges, on the fringes. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like, okay, I, I can hear both sides. I mean, like, you're right. I, you know, whenever I hear people say, well, wait a minute. Why why are we boycotting and protesting over somebody who resisted arrest? You're right. You shouldn't resist arrest. Right. And if you resist arrest, you you should expect some sort of rough treatment. You should. Right. I can there's no way I can condone resisting arrest. But you can't tell me that resisting arrest results in a death sentence. Exactly. Right. That there has to be Right. There should be some sort of middle ground that we can find here where we agree, yes, there should not be, re you should not resist arrest. And you should not be shot seven times or have your neck stomped on for eight minutes. Why is it all, well, they were completely justified in doing what they were doing because he resisted arrest. No, right. no, right. <laughs> no there's got to be some way that we can find some middle ground. And that's the problem with so many of these conversations that we have these days. And and you and I have the benefit of doing a radio show. And when you have a, a text line or, or social media, you get a lot of reaction. And when we did the show the other day in the immediate aftermath of, of these boycotts, what really kind of bummed me out. And it, it really kind of just discouraged me when we were done with the show was the reaction we got and how it was completely polarized. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was either one side was just full nuclear option or the other side was just full nuclear option. There was no discussion. You right. know, there was no dialogue. There was nothing about, hey, I hear you. Now hear me. Okay, I hear you. All right, now hear me. Let's let's see if we can find some commonality here. And it's 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 entirely my way or the highway when it comes to these issues and that that won't work it i mean we are doomed to right. fail if that's how everything is going to be discussed right, right. But, and but, but like i negotiated said, you can't you can't do it that way like i said if we don't have like we have in this country a heart problem and um we need a cardiologist yeah right we we definitely do and if we can't find empathy and we can't find um grace and we can't find mercy mike then then like look you know like you and i doomed. you and i are a couple of white fish belly white guys yeah. right and i can't i can't i can't go on a, a, a forum like this and tell 
somebody who's black how they should feel. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know dick about it, right? Right. So when I hear the genuine pain and I see the pain, yeah, it tells me that, look, this goes so much deeper than honestly just one man being shot sure. seven times. What What I hear and feel is that, you know, you, you just don't understand what it's like to live black right and the things that we experience that that's the pain that i felt and saw i'll never be able to understand it right but i felt it and when i see and hear that much visceral pain in voices and on faces i know there's something going on that's legit that i need to pay attention to right and i need to listen to and i need to respect and i don't know it just seems to me that that a lot of people have refused or lost the ability to pick up on that and they think that it's all just right they, yeah I, something else i i think that and i'm with you i think that you know whether it's george floyd or whether it's it's jacob blake it, it really goes to a deeper systemic racism issue that that people have been dealing with for decades, for decades, like hundreds of years. And that's what they want us to to recognize. recognize. And I recognize, I'm with you, I recognize it. You know, uh, Brandon Marshall, who's a receiver here and in Chicago and and bounced around the league with the Jets and the Miami Dolphins, just posted a video. He showed up to, I think he bought a house somewhere in, in Florida. He showed up to his new gated community and he wasn't on the, through a clerical error or whatever. He's not on the list. And the security guards called the police. He's like, I got my kids in the car. I just bought a house. I'm just going to my new house. Call the cops on him. Mm-hmm. And and so, like, it's just a reminder that that you are going to be judged by the color of your skin. And. Th- and I know don't you think that's ha- what this is all about? Yes. That's I, what I, all I, of this. Absolutely. This, and, and, and what happens to a George Floyd or a Jacob Blake, those are sort of flashpoints. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That, yeah. that, that's that like, you bring know, up s- all the raw, See what I'm talking about? Right. But bring up all the all raw stuff emotions. Yes. It dredges and, up all that. Right. Yes. I, I've, seen, I've seen videos. I saw this video. It broke my heart. This, this young boy playing basketball in his yard. He was shooting hoops in his yard. He sees a police car coming, and he hides behind his mom or dad's car until the police car goes by. And, and like, that, quote-unquote, is growing up black in America. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like I, I see friends of mine and people I know talking about how scared they are for their kids. You know, we're scared for our kids as white people when they get their driver's license because we don't want them to do something stupid. We don't want them to get in an accident. We don't want them to speed. We don't like, so we're nervous about that because we understand the responsibility. I have friends that are worried about their kids getting a driver's license because if they get pulled over while driving black, it could end really poorly for them. That's, that's disgusting. And but but and, and who and who the hell am, am I, you, or right. anybody out there who's not black, 
who the hell are you? Are we to sit back and go, oh, come on. Right. It's not that bad. Right. That's not what this country is. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I, who the hell are we to say that? Right? Mm-hmm. Seriously. Yeah. What, what, what limb can we climb out on and, and, and feel solid about being able to say, no, 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 no. This is, this is, you're making a bigger deal out of it than it really right. is. Yeah. Who the hell are we to say that? Relax. Right? You know, it's fine. No, right. it's not fine. So, so like, again, I, you know, uh, and, and we'll, and we'll move on, but, um, hopefully it's a catalytic event that, I mean, I've already seen it in, in my league. You know, I was on a conference call with the commissioner just with Fox just two days ago. I've already seen the impact it's having. I've seen the change. You know what it's done? It it has opened up eyeballs. It has made people, like, look at the situation differently where – before it was, it's not that big a deal. Or, hey, man, just fall in line. It'll be okay. And no, it's like, uh, like the commissioner is like, no, we need to be more proactive. No, we need to, like, I mean, I've, I'm seeing some of that right now. And, and hopefully this is a huge piece that, that helps us move forward and actually right some of those wrongs, you know? So, um, yeah, I know it doesn't happen overnight, Mike. I, I understand that reform doesn't happen overnight. Um, but damn it, it needs to happen. It just does. So anyhow, I know that was, that was fairly, fairly yeah. deep. And yeah, tense, I but... threw a couple of cuss words in there that I probably shouldn't use. So I apologize for that. But you know, it, um, it's kind of where, it's kind of where I am. I mean, it just, I'm, I'm like, at a lost and at you know and and again you know you have empathy and and friends and relationships and people that I love that um that I you know I probably was unaware of a lot or I am unaware of a lot of the things that they've had a that they've had to deal with you know mm-hmm. so um, um anyhow well that is part of you know and I always chuckle when people are like you know stick to Stick to sports. Well, uh, you know, in case you haven't been paying yeah. attention, this is kind of what sports has been all about right. this this week. You really can't separate the the two. But uh, there is football news. And um, did I hear Boomer Esiason say that he still believes Jarrett Stidham yeah. is going to start in New England over Cam Newton? Boy, he's the only one. I mean, this that seems obvious that it's going to be Cam I, I, to start. Yeah, I I would think I right? would think it's fairly obvious. I mean, first off, Cam Newton is, you know, is a former MVP who's got an unbelievable skill set. Now the last couple of years he's been injured, but you know, I keep going back to Mike. I've never thought that Cam was as accurate as he needed to be, especially in the intermediate area of, of the football field, where a lot of a lot of the the route combinations, you know, where a lot of the route combinations are completed, right? So I've I've never felt like he was accurate enough in that. But some of that was because of the style with which they played where he was, you know, off platform and, you know, on the zone read stuff. And and so if you go back to the first eight or ten games of the 2018 season, 
Cam was essentially one of the most efficient passers in football. He was around 65%. I think 67, 68. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I think you're right. So um, that was under Norv Turner. And, and having talked to Cam that season, because I did a game like week 11, right before he went on IR because his shoulder was so bad. But just the maturity level and starting to understand that that I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing from memory that essentially he relied on athleticism because he was so gifted and he was understanding that the importance of just relying on knowledge and and you saw that you saw that dramatic shift early and then he got hurt and he couldn't he couldn't throw it I mean I felt bad for him he couldn't throw it 30 yards and he was still trying to play you know and and everybody basically knew it, so they were just like they're squatting on stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean the league is brutal that way. But and then he comes back in 2019, and he hurts his foot right off the bat. <clears throat> and, you know, now he finds himself looking for work, right? Um, but somewhere in there, there's there's got to be a balance, right? He's probably probably still growing in that efficiency aspect of of what they're doing, and if he can be healthy and the physical freak that he is and then on top of that you know continue to develop in the in the mental the neck up aspect of the game under Josh McDaniels I mean how in the world do you think anybody else is going to start like he has got because he's got a skill I mean he's got too unbelievable skills. yeah it's too intriguing of a skill set but yeah do you do you believe that quarterbacks who for most of their career have not been accurate percentage passers can become that later in their career or are you kind of destined to be you are who 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 you've been yeah i you, you know what i think i think you can increase your like some guys are just natural have a natural ability to throw the ball accurately off platform and and you know and they can just do it. Some guys are really good at throwing strikes, you know, in baseball, and some guys aren't. And I think there's an, you know, you have a certain natural ability. I always think you can get better at stuff. Um, but I think that when you rely, when your default mechanism as a quarterback is athletics or athleticism, then you will never be as accurate or as good as you could be if your default mechanism is, I need to find a receiver. Right? And so, Ultimately, I think there started to be that shift for Cam Newton. Um, and I think that's a really hard thing to do. Like, I think for the most part, unless you lose some of that athleticism, you don't ever make that transition. And But like I said, I saw him do it for, for eight, a small sample size now for eight, nine weeks. But if you can do it for eight, nine weeks, can you do it for 16 weeks or 17 weeks? Like, it that intrigues me. And I've got to believe that it intrigues Bill Belichick. And when you start looking at the statistics, the two times he played Cam Newton, he's 0-2, Cam threw for almost 700 yards and had, I think, seven scores and one interception, you know, a couple touchdowns, a bunch of touchdown throws and a couple scrambles or whatever, or runs. But, like, that's got to be intriguing. And, you know, when you have an offense that has historically maybe lacked a few weapons on the outside – like, how much better does Cam make you if he still has that athleticism 
to run some of that zone, some of the stuff that you've never been able to read that you have a tough time defend, or you've never been able to run because you've got a statue at quarterback in yeah. Tom Brady that that you've had a tough time defending. I think the intrigue for Bill Belichick is gigantic there. So while you have Cam Newton sort of trying to reinvent himself, mm-hmm. you got apparently uh, Jordan Love just trying to figure it out because the reports from Green Bay is that he has not looked good. Not that they were counting on him at all, right? But but still, I mean, how much how much concern is there that your well, first round pick, the heir apparent, yeah, seems uh, to be struggling? Yeah. Well, I mean, one. You know, th- this is where a guy like um, this is where a guy like Patrick Mahomes ends up really hurting, not only hurting you as a franchise because you have to play against him, right, but hurting you as a franchise because you're trying to find the next one, yeah. right? Yeah. And and if you're not like, you have to be careful. When it comes to kind of generational talents, Mike, right? Because you think that any guy that can throw off platform or scramble around might have that ability. And so you're like, well, maybe we got ourselves the next Mahomes. And I've heard a bunch of people talk about the next Mahomes, right? And I think you have to be, I think you have to be very leery of falling into that pit as an NFL football team really so you almost just all you do is you just immediately just say yep no that's that's the unicorn that that's the aberration don't even bother uh, no i don't because it's unlikely i don't i don't think you say that but i i think what you do is you walk into that with with more scrutiny than you walk into any other position with and you make sure that you just are absolutely 100% sure. Because what you find out when you talk to, what you find out when you talk to to guys who have coached Patrick Mahomes is that his football, forget about the skill set. The skill set is easy, right? We can all see the skill set. Like, there are so many teams that make mistakes in the draft because they draft off of, you know, stopwatch drafts or the athletic triangle, height, weight, and speed. And they make mistakes because that's e- that's the easiest thing in the world to see. And when you talk to guys who have coached him, which I have, they'll talk about he has this unbelievable knowledge of the game. And it's still growing, don't get me wrong, but this unbelievable knowledge of the game from day one. And then you couple that with the exceptional talent, you know, and it and it jumps off the charts. So the easy thing to see is Mahomes-like talent, right? You damn well better do your due diligence in what does he know, how much does he know, and and I think that's where the teams that don't do the teams that are always eight and eight, you know, that are they, they, I think they draft that way. I think they just draft like height, weight, speed. It's not my fault. It's his fault. Like there's a, there's a lack, there's a lack of responsibility, Mm. right? Within the organization, what you're looking for in the organization 
is to um, to eschew responsibility. Poof. Not my fault. Yeah. Look at he ran the best forty, right? Look how much he bench pressed. Like, and not my fault. It's coach's fault. They didn't. They didn't coach him up, right? And, right. and like as a scout, it's not yeah. my fault. Yeah. Look at the measurables. And, right. Come on. Right. How could and you so not make that? Everybody work? is. You know, it's the old. Don't point the finger, pull the thumb. Mm-hmm. Everybody's finger pointers. Like, oh, I did my job. Look at how fast he is. Oh, I did my job. He had a great vertical jump. Oh, I did my job. Like, and you get into the, you get into the fact that, well, did you interview the guy? Did you talk to him? Did you really, did you really break down his his football acumen? Like, does he really know the game? Is he passionate of the game? Does he love the game, or does he love? The money, the cars, the women, the like what like what does the guy love? Did anybody go to his birthday party? I'm sorry, that was from a movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did he uh keep the hundred dollars we put in the back of the playbook? Exactly. Right. Come on. Right. Everybody knows that. Come on. So uh, it just is it that stuff is really interesting to me. And now, now the one thing about the Packers, right? Because there was a lot of con- there was a lot of questions when Aaron Rodgers came out because he played for Tedford. Who was historically dink and dunk and don't push the ball down the field right. and that you know this that and the other and so there were a lot of question marks about the college system that that Aaron Rodgers played in and they brought him in there and they trained him for three or four years before he got the opportunity to play and maybe that's the Packer way yeah so we shall see but um, football is hard man and yeah. it's especially hard for young guys um, you know, we're climbing into that shadow too yeah I mean, that's tough. I mean, when I when I hear reports of Jordan Love struggling, hey, cut cut the kids some some slack. I mean, sure, you're, you're, you've been drafted with the idea you're going to be the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers, who was the heir apparent to Brett Favre. Right. I mean, that's yeah. You know, go ask Jeff Garcia what that's like, right? Yeah. Following or, Joe or, Montana and Steve Young, ask anybody in Miami that's played quarterback. Yeah. Well, I mean that, but that's just following one legend. Do you, do you, I mean, think, tried following two in a row. Right. Think about this. Think about like, you know, how many quarterbacks the Pittsburgh Steelers started after Terry Bradshaw before Ben Roethlisberger? I think eighteen quarterbacks. I bet. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you're right. I mean, like, think about it. You're you're learning from Aaron Rodgers, and all of a sudden Brett Favre comes to camp to give you some pointers. Right. 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 I mean, that's good, a little. Uh, like, good yeah, luck. That's a little daunting. Yeah. Good luck for that um, kid. Hey, do you realize that? We are like like two weeks from right now. We'll be talking about uh, 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 the first game. Oh my gosh! Kansas City, KC. Kansas City, and Houston. Yes, KC. You know what we used to be able to do back in the day? <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this. We used to be able to, like, there was a time here in Denver, and you and I would just say. Oh, KC's playing tonight, September darling. Ah, they're so cute. Yeah. They're so good in September and October. And then January comes. Yeah. And they just vomit all over themselves. All right. Yeah, they just pee down their legs. You know, so, they're like they're we're just, so reliable. Yeah. They're you just know? like, oh, comforting. They, you know they're gonna you know they're gonna play great. They're gonna be a playoff team, but you know, when push comes to shove, come January, they're gonna roll over. Yeah. Remember that? Back when the world was normal, yeah, and there weren't pandemics, yes, and now we can't. I mean, it, it and takes, wildfires and hurricanes, uh, right? We've, we've it, always had those. Yeah, it takes away so much joy I have of just making fun of the Kansas. Do we City have a Chiefs. new one we can create? Can we crown any new September darlings now that Kansas City has moved on? <laughs> <laughs> 
Who would be? Who's the new September darlings? Um, so to define September darlings right. means it's teams that you know will create a lot of buzz, early. especially early, right? With the understanding we all know they'll fizzle at the end. Fizzle at the end. So who fits that criteria? No, the Dallas Cowboys, right? I mean, nobody has more buzz than the oh, Dallas good Cowboys. Point. Good point. Like right now, I mean, Dallas got old buzz, but like last year, it was the Cleveland Browns, where they were September darlings, right? Yep. Oh, they're going to they're one of my Super Bowl picks. Yeah, not mine, but you know, no general general media. Like, but I think the Dallas Cowboys are that's a great September darling. You know, everybody has great hopes for the hey, well, we got a new coach, right? No more Jason Garrett. Now we got Mike McCarthy. He's an old school guy. You know, big. Strong, sturdy. It's like oak, right? No way we're going to lose. Got an old line. Got some defensive players. Loaded up on wide receivers because everybody knows you only win championships if you've got 18 wide receivers. So you think with the Cowboys, again, it's all hype? Hype? Yeah. Really? Well, I think they're a good team. You think team. they'll come? You'll think I think come? they're a good team. I think yeah, they'll make you, the playoffs. I think they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, do, I think they're still, gonna, do I think they're a Super Bowl team? No. So you think they'll still, once again, fall short of the hype? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they'll get, you Like know. a division winner, or are they just, you know, scraping as a wild Well, I mean, look, what do you got in that division, Mike? Yeah, there's not much. I mean, Philly. The Eagles, right? That's it. That's, that's it. The Eagles have the potential of being pretty good. But yeah, I mean you're you're, you're But gonna, even if they win the division. Right. You still think they're there is, suspect. Yeah, I think they're I think they're I just think I just think they're September darlings. That's what I think about them. Okay. There you go. Sorry, Cowboy fan. Cowboy Until fan. Until further notice. Don't like it? Right. Talk to a Chief fan. Exactly. They'll tell you how to handle it. Exactly. <laughs> September That was a great song, by the way. That's right. September Earth Wind and Fire. Do you remember? The 21st night, September. Love was changing the minds of pretenders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sing well, it's chasing the clouds sing it's away. No, don't. Yeah. Don't. No, I can't sing. I, no. I mean, I, no, I am you full think day. No, I don't even think I can. No, I know okay, that well, I can. Well, that's good because there, there are full. a lot of people in our business who actually think they can sing. No, I would not be a guy that would show up on, like, America's Got Talent and thinks that he can like he's going to get the gold ticket or whatever. They... What would be your talent on America's Got Talent? Oh, what would you do? Uh, just bring out a bench. Yeah, I could, <laughs> I could just bring out a bench. Simon's like, what are you doing? I'm, gonna I'm just going to bench for you. I'm going to bench. And you know I'm going to do 225 40 times. Here we go. <laughs> Here you go. You know? Here you go, Heidi Klum. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? Sophia. Oops, sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Could I mow a lawn? Like, yeah. Yeah, I would just like yeah. fire up my lawnmower, <laughs> Got trim a patch the of edges. Grass yeah. I, brought a, I brought a patch of grass in my lawnmower. Let me show you how I do it. I don't know that I have a talent, nah. Mike. I really don't. Hey, sometimes you got, yeah, I mean, sometimes that's good. You just don't have talent. That's right. Just do a, do a lot of things well. Just work Not hard. necessarily anything great. Just what are do you going to do? Well. I'm just going to do some work. It's right. <laughs> I have a broom and a mop. It's right. You know? It's going to work. And then all of a sudden, I got a, a two by four with a nail and I pound it in, yeah. you know? Yeah. What are you doing work? Like, what are you doing? I'm just working. Just working. Don't pay any attention. That's my I'm, talent. I'm just working. I'm just working. Yeah. All right. All right. Two weeks. Hey, you know, it does work. It's coming. You, you know, it does work besides us. 
folks at Sweet Sweat. <laughs> there you they, go. They they do work. There you go. Check them out, sweetsweat.com. Thank them so much for sponsoring the podcast. For Mike, myself, for Scott, for everybody involved, we thank you so much. We'll be back with you next week.